All right, everybody, once again, welcome back to another episode of the Ball Never Lie podcast. As you guys already know by now, one half of your host, I'm the coach here. What up, y'all? Look forward, we back. Yes, sir, man. As you know, it's playoff time, man. We back. We 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 here to discuss what's going on around, around the league. Before we get started anything, again, we'd like to thank all of our rookie listeners, all of our pro listeners from day one. We love to, to talk shit. We love to agree to disagree, man. So before we jump into things, man, let's get to it. Uh, Luke, man, let's – I'll let you pick the topic, man, we want to start off with, man. There's, there's, there's a lot been going on in these in these last couple of weeks, man. So so where should we start? Man, you know, we got we got the conference finals tonight. I just want to quickly say I told y'all. That's it. Like, <laughs> um – it's a lot to unpack with the Lakers, so I won't go too far into it. But I just want to quick, I told you so, because everybody couldn't see the vision. Everybody hated on Palenka. It was so much that fact, factored into this. But I'm going to just leave it with I told y'all. I told y'all. And it's not even not even to brag. It's just I knew it was coming. So salute to the Lakers for that. But um, I guess we could, we could break down shit the bubble hoops. We got the four teams left that were the four teams left in the bubble. Um, obviously, the core of the team, I mean, not the core, but the the full roster isn't the same. But for the most part, you know, the the main the main guys are the same. And that just that just shows that you can't. There's no more smut on the bubbles name. Like. The the main guys, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Anthony Davis, LeBron, uh, Jimmy Butler. Uh, who else we got? Jokic. Jokic and Jamal Murray and MPJ. You can't you can't really smut those guys no more. Um because they, they went through it and they're still here three years later. So salute to all of them. All all those core guys right there. Salute to all of them because they're back where where they want to be. And it's just a good testament that those are pure hoopers, pure guys that, you know, that, that really want it. So let, let's break down the conference finals. I'm going to let you go first. Who, What you think about the Celtics and, and Heat? Let's start there. Man, just first of all, we got both – the the teams who are still standing, still up, are the teams who should be representing the conference. Let's just start there. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely with, with with Boston, they've been the cream of the crop on top of the East all season. They've pretty much been consistent, even with their 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 lows. I mean, they've been consistent of how they usually bounce back through throughout the season or the playoffs. Rather than they play bad, they usually not to turn it around right away. And then with Miami, man, they. They, I'm not going to say they're the Lakers of the East, but but you get what I mean when I'm saying that by just that that team who made it from the play-in all the way down to the bubble, fought injuries throughout the and whole entire season when when a lot of people counted them out, including myself this year at times, and, and now they're here. Um, but to get to the matchup at hand, I definitely expect a a, a seven-game series. Um, and it's not really because of, of the roster so much, but I really think coaching is going to play a bigger role than than what a lot of people think it will be. Uh, I think, of course, Spolstra, Coach Spol will have the, the upper hand in that. 
and he knows how to get the 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 best and the most and then some out of the, the roster he has now. Uh, we know Tyler Hero's not going to be back. So, again, Miami's going to have to find a way to find points from somewhere else besides Jimmy Butler. Hopefully, Bam can step up and – and Duncan Robinson can step up and, and prove his and, and play to his contract level because they're going to need all hands on deck if they got a chance of beating Boston. Now, Boston can definitely still lose this series because we've seen the, like we talked about, the, the inconsistencies at times with, with their play. And this is not a team you really want to slip up and, and, and lose games to and give games away to like that. Like, yeah. You could do it to Philly. You could do it with Doc Rivers and Joel Embiid because, you know, they're not going to have that killer instinct where they smell blood in the water. They're going to take advantage of that, as we've seen at hand already. So, but with if you give Miami two opportunities and they're up 3-2, I definitely think they're, they're the type of team that can close it out in the game six with, with Jimmy Butler at the helm. So, it's, it's it's definitely should be a fun, exciting series. Um, I expect it to be hard fought. I think I think Jason, I think not Jason Tatum, but I think Jalen Brown's gonna also step up and, and and play to a high level. But but in the end, man, I I do got Boston winning the series. And I I think it will be in seven games. That's barring any any major significant injury to to both sides, to Boston side and whatnot. I think I think Boston will find a way to get it done. Yeah, man. I I'm I'm right there with you. I think overall for all four teams, these are basically the the most well coached teams um you know in the whole playoffs. I feel like all four of these coaches have made great adjustments throughout the playoffs. They've made um costly adjustments and their game plans going into games Clearly, it's it's gotten them there, so it's going. You know, it sounds like the obvious answer, but just in general, if you're really watching these guys, especially D. Ham and, and Eric, their adjustments and playing guys that weren't playing, stuff like that, has just been amazing to watch. So, I don't know. Like, obviously, I I see, I see Boston in seven as well, but. Um, I mean, shit, y'all didn't heard it on the podcast. I'm not really a Heat guy, but I really wouldn't be surprised if they they somehow pulled us out and we get a rematch of Lakers Heat. But I think that game, I mean, that series will be the more like grind and competitive one. I think that one will go down to the wire almost every game. I don't really see blowouts in that game in that series. Maybe one in Boston. Maybe Boston blows them out one time, just because they're. Th- that's the weird part. Boston to me has higher talent, better talent, um, Facts. well, well-rounded talent. Like they have the overall talent to me. They can go deeper with their bench than uh the Heat, but the Heat just keep finding a way to get it done. Jimmy has been playing out of his mind. He he cooled down. Um against the Knicks, but obviously he showed us in the first round what he could do. So I'm not going I'm not going to act like he's just going to be some 20-point scorer. Like, he's going to probably get another 40. He's probably, you know, he could get another triple, or he could get a triple-double. 
This is going to be a grind-out series. It's going to be real tough. I like the matchups all around. I want to see who is going to guard Jimmy. Is it going to be Brown? Is it going to be – I don't think it'll be Tatum. Is it going to be Marcus Smart? I don't know. I think Smart's a little too small, so it's it's going to have to be Brown or is Tatum going to step up to the plate? Um, But, like I said, I, it's probably Celtics in seven, but I won't be shocked at the Heat at all if they – but if they win, I got I got them in six. If the Heat win, it's gonna be in six. It won't be in seven. I think Celtics win in seven. But, I feel that. I think. Go ahead. I was about to say, but for this for this series, I wonder if fatigue will be a factor for Boston because they obviously just went seven. They kind of had um. It it was good that they blew out the Sixers in the last game, even though they were still playing a lot. A lot of them were still in in the fourth quarter. It didn't make any sense, really. But I wouldn't say that was a grind-out series, but they played heavy minutes, all of their guys. And they don't – they haven't – I mean, a lot of the teams in, in the playoffs haven't, but they, they don't really go too deep into their bench. They've been only going, like, two or three deep. So I'm interested to see if they start off with fresh legs in game one. Like, it's – Tatum just came off 51 points. Is he gonna drop at least 25? I don't I don't really know at all. Like I I know Tatum and sometimes when he has those type of games, he might just come out and give you a stinker of like 18, 19 points. So it's gonna be interesting to see how game one goes. I, I won't say that dict- dictates the whole series, but that will be a key factor to watch for me personally. No, I think you bring up a great point as far as the fatigue factor uh, on on the side of Boston, because like you said, man, that that serious it wasn't. It, it's not going to be the the hard grinded out that it was. That's going to be against Miami, but that took something out of them. Where again, you're going seven games. It's it's getting a little chippy here and there. So that that definitely, uh, I'm sure, it took some some a little bit of energy out of of Boston at least going into the series. So yeah, that's definitely a something to watch out for. And then just to, to piggyback on, on kind of what you said just on before we get to the West, just on all four coaches and and especially just more towards Miami and the Lakers, you definitely got to give the credit to to Coach Postra and, and Darvin Ham because it was looking real bleak at one point as far as the, the playoffs going on. Everybody counted both teams out not just ourselves. We'll get into the Lakers side of things, of course, but in order, you got to be a real, a real coach who really knows how to get the best out of his players. And, and is a true testament to the word that you're speaking on since training camp of, of what you're trying to preach and what you're trying to get through in order to get to the point now where you're four wins away to of represent your conference to the NBA finals. And that's not easy. So, Again, just salute to all these coaches, man. But but now we didn't broke down the, the the things of the East, man. Let's 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 get to where we reside best at, man. Let's get to the West, man. Let's we can break down the, the Lakers. We can break down both teams, man. But well, we will break down both teams, man. Let's let's get into it. Um to start off, I'm 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 going to say this, and this is not being biased, but I think D. Ham will outcoach Mike Malone. 
Um, Mike Malone's good. He he's more of a motivator to me than he is an adjustment guy. He's a he's a white Doc Rivers, and that's not like to disrespect him, but it's just like to compare so people can understand where I'm going with this. Nah, man, he, you call me Doc Rivers as a coach after what just happened. I'll be pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, nah, I get shit, what you're saying. Shit, what he, he don't win either. He relies on it, man. To me, he relies on his players. And he has some some good players that can do what they do, but you don't ever really see major adjustments. Like there isn't there isn't a guy like we we can go to the Lakers and we can go to the Heat. Lonnie Walker started playing out of nowhere. That's a major adjustment. Duncan Robinson got minutes again. That's a major adjustment. Both guys did what they needed to do. And then some more. You get what I'm saying? So um Not Mike Malone, I, feel, I feel it. Mike Malone doesn't have that. And then defensively, they've never been a defensive team under his regime. Never. So what is he gonna do defensively if something is just killing them? Let's say let's say the pick and roll with D and A D is just killing them. Or or LeBron and A D, which we've seen in the regular season when the Lakers played. Jokic sucks in pick and roll. What is he going to do to adjust? I can't really tell you. I can't say he will adjust. I can just say I think the team just continues to play hard and they and they grind it out. So going into this series, I have Lakers in six. I think obviously they have uh, – the Nuggets have a good home court vibe to them. They will – I don't think they win tonight, but obviously they'll probably win game two. I think it's damn near the same script from the Warriors series in my eyes, and that's why I have it in six. But just as a team, this team's chemistry and this team's attention to detail is on another level right now, excuse me, pertaining to the Lakers. And they do sometimes, like, nod off a little bit, and that's why I have it going in six. They nod off and get a little comfortable. So it will be one of those games where they trick it off where they shouldn't. And then they end up finishing in six at home like they did against the Warriors. I think it's the same exact scenario for me. And I think this series depends on not stopping Jokic, but frustrating, irritating, getting in his skin. AD has to do all of that. AD has to be aggressive with him. He has to put pressure on him. And the other guys I'm not worried about. I'm not worried about a KCP. I'm not worried about Michael Porter Jr. I'm not worried about Aaron Gordon. Jamal Murray is a shot trucker. He'll do what he does. I'm worried about guys like Chris uh, Chris off the bench. I'm worried about Bruce off the bench. Those two guys are the energy guys that's going to hit two or three threes timely, and it's going to make me frustrated, and the Lakers going to be down 10 out of nowhere because them two guys got hot. I can see one of those games happening. Jeff Green hits two corner threes because he's left wide open like they were doing um, Jermichael Green, something like that. I'm worried about those guys. Now, you slow down Jokic and you don't allow the bums, and I'm, they're not real bums, but you don't allow the bums to get off, then I'm very comfortable. But we have to see what the game plan is. Tonight, we'll see, and it, it'll kind of dictate how I feel about the series, but Going into it, I got Lakers in six. I'm not mad at that at all, man. 
Um, I'll definitely start by saying every we we of course we're we're gonna give Denver their flowers for what they've done all year. They've they've held it down in the West. They've been number one for majority of it. They took care of business as far as a first round matchup. They got they got Phoenix up out of there. Took a little bit longer than what they should have, but that's fine. But again, when it comes to Denver, this is the the best roster that they have surrounding Jokic as far as the the role players are surrounding pieces. Jamal Murray is is back to looking like Jamal Murray. Sometimes even better than Bubble Bubble Jamal Murray when he's really on and when he's on fire. So Lakers definitely got to watch out for that. Um, and then also too, you kind of hit on it with Bruce Brown and Christian Braun. That's where I'm really worried about is their role players because, like you said, they're gonna hit those timely threes. They're gonna get charges and and swing the momentum of a game. Bruce Brown is going to get you extra offensive possession, so we definitely got to keep a body on him. Jeff Green can hit those those timely threes, like you said. Hell, and and KCP even. We know there's going to be a game, one game at least at home, where he probably hits about four threes and he's failing himself because role players do play better at home. Let's 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 call it what it is because the Lakers role players have played better at home also as well. So with that being said, I think. First of all, I got the, the Lakers winning the series in, in six. If it does go to seven, still got the Lakers winning, winning in seven. But I'm going to keep the theme here, the Lakers in six. Um, I think the key is for the Lakers to stop the Joker that you have to crowd Jokic. And what I mean by that is he's going to get his numbers offensively regardless as far as his points go. But if you slow down his assists and you take that number – from 10 to let's say about seven or 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 eight, maybe, you have a you have a better chance of slowing this team down because yes, even though Jamal Murray Jamal Murray's their point guard, he doesn't set up his teammates as far as getting the easy baskets that Jokic is gonna do just off backdoor cuts, little um slipping off the pick and roll action because they're gonna use their guards as the screener. So that's going to be an adjustment that the Lakers are going to have to make. How are they going to guard Denver's pick and roll? And then also as well, I do want to see how they how Denver plays Jokic on defense just because in the past couple of rounds and just going back to the last recent round against Phoenix, they were able to hide Jokic on a Josh Jacoby. You can't hide Jokic on no Austin Reeves or D'Angelo Russell or even a Dennis Schroeder out there. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Lakers can manipulate and, and figure out different mismatches by putting Jamal Murray in the different pick and rolls, Jokic in different pick and rolls, because we know their main defenders are going to be Aaron Gordon, KCP, Bruce Brown when he's out there, Christian Brown when he's out there. And they're going to take on the the, the matchups of Gordon the LeBrons. And, and AD will see a, a bit of Jeff Green and and, and Aaron Gordon. But the t- but the times he has Jokic on him, he has to look to score or has to be aggressive, and 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 trying to make a play at the rim. We gotta be able to make Jokic use his energy on defense as well as offense to tire him out. Because like you said, you can't completely take him away. You can only contain him and, and slow him down. And one, I, I I know you're gonna probably hate me for saying this, and. I can't believe I'm saying it this either. Lakers probably got to use Tristan Thompson in about a few of these situations just because he's a big body, 
you're going to have to spell 80 about three, four minutes a game. And he's going to have to be able to just bang with Jokic and use his six fouls and, and grab re- timely rebounds. Now, I don't say you try him in a game one or anything, but later as this series goes, again, it's a war of attrition. We got to use the bodies that we have available to us. Now, I don't know if Mo Bamba gets activated. I would rather see Mo Bamba hopefully Tristan Thompson. I don't want to see Tristan Thompson at all on the Lakers court. I barely, I don't want to see him in the Lakers warm-up. But if he is going to be there, he's going to have to make himself useful and do something else besides cheerleading for Brian and talking shit. So hopefully there's about three, four minute spurts where he doesn't hurt us. And it only helps us to where either we're down and we're, we're catching back up. Or if we have a lead and we're able to sustain it or extend it just by, by him being out there being useful. Yeah, I've been seeing people say that, and I understand it. You know, I hate them, but I understand it, especially with my mamba being um, – he's already been ruled out for game one, so somebody's going to have to do it. But I think this could be a Wayne, Wayne series. I think Wayne's energy, like you said, just collecting fouls, his energy could be very important, very useful, especially – especially against um, Jeff Green, because basically Jeff Green plays backup center. So yeah. I could see that working out. Like you said, maybe a couple fouls on Jokic, cool. What I'm really trying to wrap my head around is, do we go back to the original starting lineup or does Dennis stay in the starting lineup? Because if That's Dennis what I was, stays... I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, if Dennis stays, we kind of are... A little bit small, but I could I can understand it. The only thing that'll confuse not confusing, but the, the only thing that'll scare me is Michael Porter Jr. being able to shoot over like an Austin Reeves. Because I'm looking at yeah. the matchups. I'm looking at the matchups. AD on Jokic. LeBron is probably on Aaron Gordon. That means Austin will have to be on Michael Porter Jr. And then D'Lo's probably on KCP. So D'Lo chasing KCP is fine for me. KCP isn't really, like, if you just chase him off the screen, it's cool. But you know Michael Porter Jr. He's either very hot or very cold. So if he gets to see one go in and then he sees two go in, he might be able to hit five, six threes in a game. And it's going to be dependent on if he's able to just shoot over him. But, I, I mean, I trust in Austin Reeves' defense. And I trust in, um, you know, Dennis being a menace on Jamal Murray. But I'm just interested to see if the height difference would be a factor for Michael Porter. Not in the post or anything, because he don't do none of that. But just shoot it over him. Because if you get that one open look, like I said, in Denver, they get hot quick. They, They do make a lot of threes, but they do shoot a lot of terrible shots. So they could be real cold or real hot. And that's always been my fear of this whole series. Yeah, man. Well, that's one thing with Michael Porter Jr. He knows how to shoot over anybody in, in front of him. It don't matter, especially, like you said, someone against Austin Reed, like Austin Reed, that's a chair he's shooting over. So we definitely got to get to him. And and I think, I think um, like you said, Dennis, Dennis is going to have to be an irritant on, on defense. And I also think Vanderbilt, 
Vanderbilt's going to be huge in this series as far as his defense and his versatility as far as being able to guard a Murray on the perimeter. And then also, too, as well, when Jokic wants to play on that perimeter and, and try to survey things from, from the high post and beyond, you can put somebody on Vanderbilt, like Vanderbilt on him, when he puts the ball on the ground and just being able to crowd his space and make things difficult. So, and then also, too, I think Rui's going to have to play a big role in this series also as well, just because we do, if we do have the, well, we do have the ability to go small, but if we do, I can see the Lakers playing more of a, a Braun, Ruby lineup together just to kind of combat maybe like a Jeff Green lineup out there just so now you still have another scorer out there rather than a Tristan Thompson who's just going to be out there for rebounding the defense energy. So it's like you said, um, again, it comes down to the, the coaching adjustments that, that Darvin Ham and Michael Malone can, can make. And then it's going to come down to the role players. I think the stars are going to show up and show out. Laker fans, y'all gonna y'all gonna stop talking down on on AD and and stop listening to all the sports media out there. That's that's their job. They they love to hate on us. So stop listening to that bullshit that that's being displayed to y'all and and continue to tap in right here, man. But we're gonna keep it real, keep it on front street. All right, because a lot of these narratives that are just being being spreaded on on the Lakers is nasty. We know that a lot of them. A lot of them don't want to see us win. We shouldn't even been this far, and now they mad that we even have been this far. So, of course, a, a lot of people are going to choose Denver. They're 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 going to say that they're going to make excuses for the Warriors and why why they didn't win it. But when you if you're a real basketball fan, you're just watching basketball and you know the game. The Lakers have been the best defensive team in the playoffs thus far. Role players have stepped up and stepped up to the point where they've carried the Lakers. Like LeBron has barely been the leading scorer maybe two or three times out of the whole playoffs for us. So it's not like LeBron has been carrying us, being that ball-dominant person that's leading us to wins. No, it's everybody's having – everybody's chipping in. Everybody has their hands in. And, and I don't see any of that dropping off, honestly, now in this series. No, nah, and it won't. And that's the funny part. I think, again, like you said, the benches will be very important. I think this is a series for Rui to get back to what we've seen in the first series with Memphis. I think he'll get way more minutes because his team, it, they go smaller. It's like the Warriors, but in a different sense of we're not afraid of their shooters the same way we were with the Warriors, like the Jordan Pools, the Clays the Curries so he'll be able to get a little more time he won't be guarding somebody where he's running off the screen like you said it'll be Jeff Green at backup center and if he can't play against that then I I don't know what we're doing I I think he'll he'll be fine against that type of team to where he should get a little more minutes and he should you know kill in the mid-range I see like Christian Braun guarding him and he should be able to you know, back him down and shoot his mid-range fadeaway or shoot over the top of him like he was doing against Memphis. And again, this is what I what's confusing me the most. We just went up against Curry and Clay, the best shooters, best duo shooting of all time, the best shooter of all time. If we were able to, you know, kind of shut him down and lock him down as a team, why is everybody trying to talk as if Denver is just way better and this is a tougher challenge shooting wise. Like I don't understand that. 
And I feel like that's just narrative pushing so that they can discredit the Lakers. Oh, definitely for sure, man. Because we we've like you said, we heard in the past series how the the Warriors were the were the Barry team, the better team. We've heard Stephen A saying no way in hell the Lakers were gonna beat the Warriors to get to the conference finals. And again, here we are, man. And and it's gonna continue no matter what. That's just a gift and a curse of playing playing in that purple and gold, as we already know. We we had a point three chance and I love seeing that 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 damn stat a point three chance of making the playoffs at two and ten they was ready to give our our pick away to New Orleans as the number one pick for uh Victor Wimanyama and I'm just throwing out there because the draft lottery is tonight so that's perfect time to bring that up and and again this is why this is a marathon man and it's not a sprint like you can go home and talk your shit and in, in the first two months of the season but bring that shit, have that same energy and talk that same shit when your team is not in the playoffs or what excuses are you going to have? Because there's a lot of people out there, too, that's been using the, oh, there's there's no excuses. Everybody's hurt out there. But, but when somebody gets hurt, it's, oh, well, they weren't at full healthy. No, no, no. If they're in uniform, they're ready to play. So I don't want to hear that shit. It, it, it's time to check ball now. Let's hoop. Yeah, that's a fact. I mean, at this point, there is no, like you said, it's no excuses. It's the final four teams. Whoever wins it, wins it, bearing any major in- injuries. No right. Tatum, no LeBron, no AD, no Jokic, no Jimmy Butler. No J- Jalen Brown either. But right now, is it's, it's crunch time, and it'll be interesting to see. So to to set that off, I got Lakers and Celtics in the finals. And for nostalgia, I got Lakers in seven going into that. But we'll get there. Like I said, we we just broke down both conferences. Let's talk about these coach firings, man. We um we got a <laughs> lot of guys moving along. We got a lot of guys bouncing around. Mr. Doc Rivers, Glenn Rivers is going again. We all seen that coming, but oh, he's going man. again. Hey, you um, know what's funny? Hey, before we hopped on this podcast, I literally said to myself, damn, I wonder if Doc going to be fired by the time we start recording. <laughs> you can't make man. this shit up, man. <laughs> and luckily we did it today and not yesterday because yeah. we would have we assumed he got fired and then the next day he does. So it's cool to, you know, be podcasting while he just got fired like an hour before. Right. But man, let's uh, let's yeah, let's let's get into these 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 coaching firings. Um, no surprise that Doc is gone. We all we all know that. We saw the writing on the wall. We we knew it was going to happen if if they would have lost in the second round again. Um, and yeah, I just want to get to all the coaches before we just touch on on the Doc one. Uh, Coach Bud Milwaukee needed that change. Um, he's definitely going to write that that that. I was I would say he was gonna ride the wave of a Doc River as far as living off that championship and, and Milwaukee, but now he can do that elsewhere and he can he can get up out of that situation because you could tell the, the players weren't responding well. They stopped responding after a certain point. And and it was it's it's been even when they won the championship, we were still talking about shit they make a coaching change. So that's also been there as well. The Monty Williams firing was was real suspect and, and funny in the light to me, only because in a situation of 
you see the roster you gave this man and if you thought you were going to go out there and, and compete for a title and really be in championship contention with just really two scores, then you put that man in a bad situation because I'll tell you now, Aiden gave up out there. That man mentally checked out. Aiden got no heart. And is, and I'm not saying that because he, he saw it because of injury. Aiden is playing basketball because he was forced to. All right, let's let's get that out there. He anytime anytime you look at him, he looks disinterested. He he looks like he's not having fun. He looks like he's pouting out there. That man wanted to be a poet or or an artiste. He did not want to be a basketball player growing up. All right. So he gave up on his team and he gave up on Monty Williams. And yes, two years in a row getting blown out, though in the fashion they did, you can make that argument against him, but again. Everybody's keep talking about Devin Booker being the mini Mamba and all this. When are we going to start holding star players accountable for what's going on on the court? And if they're leaders the way that they're supposed to be and the way that you guys prop a lot of these guys up to be, hold them accountable when they get their ass with by 30 and stop blaming the coach and finger pointing the coaches on that. But with that being said, just getting back to the, to the topic at hand, um, yeah, the Doc Rivers situation, like I said, we knew that was going to happen. Uh, even in that situation, I don't give him a soul and I don't give him much blame rather than I would for Joel Embiid and James Harden for continuing to stink up the joint. But Doc still gets a lot of the blame because as I'm watching the game seven game, he made no adjustments as far as just end game adjustments as far as to try to get his team a spark or anything. Like there was too many times I'm watching uh Philly in the first half and Tyrese Max is just standing in the corner or he's just standing on the wing not involved in any dribble handoff action no pick and roll action like he has to literally go get the ball off the rim to go score and he was clearly your best guard in this in this series so when, when I look at, at things like that I I, I, I say to myself Dan you either were, had your team set up to fail or you just like, fuck, it is what it is. You already knew you was going to lose this this series to Boston regardless. But again, I'm not really surprised to see those those firings as far as Coach Bud and, and Monty Williams. But again, but the new owner in Phoenix, I can see why Ishbia wanted to go with his guy. Um, it's going to be interesting to see who they bring in because again, you're going to have to put together a roster that's still going to be ready to compete. And I don't care who you put at the head coach right now. Phoenix Suns on paper is not ready to compete for a title. And if they do decide to bring Chris Paul back on that, on that nice large contract, they might as well expect the same results, honestly. Yeah. They're going to have to break up either his contract but it's probably going to be Aiden. They have to break up Aiden's contract and bring back some pieces that they lost. They're not going to get Definitely. the same exact pieces, but they just need bodies, man. They need NBA players. They clearly – the, the reason I blame Monty is because he didn't acclimate Terrence Ross and TJ Warren in soon enough, and he didn't get them, I don't know, to buy in or what, but they just weren't. You know, they, it didn't seem like they were a part of the team, for real. So, I feel my, that. That's, that's I, I, like I see you That's my problem with Monty. Um, I think he could have did a better job with with that, especially T.J. Warren. Like, 
Dar's been wanting him on the team for a while. So what like what was the problem? I, I would love to know later on or if TJ speaks out or something, but that was pretty weird in itself. Now for the other guys, Mike, Mike Bud, I feel bad for him. Obviously, the report came out his brother had passed during the series. So you could tell it was, and a lot of people were saying like he looked disinterested, but now we know why. And, you know, that sucks that, you know, that's a timely matter at hand. And it sucks that it happened at that moment. So it's like hard to judge him because we, like you said, it was the writing on the wall, but they were riding, they were riding out a good, this was a good season for them. If we're being honest with all the injuries they had with Middleton. Oh yeah. Being out pretty much 30 games with, with other role players in and out with Giannis out. And, th- and that's the thing. Giannis basically played half the series. So it was, it was, it was a good season for them with a sour ending, but it ended the same way it started with injuries. And that sucks for him. That sucks for that, um, that team. They have, they, they're like the Suns. They have a lot to kind of fix because they're unathletic. They're older. They're going to have to get athletic and, and move some pieces this summer too. So I guess, you know, that's a clean house thing too. Maybe, Maybe it was the right. I mean, it was right on the wall, but maybe it was the right thing to do for all parties. And then Doc Rivers, like you see me, I ain't really go hard like I usually do on him because I, this is a this is my favorite. I told you so moment because I've been saying this since the Celtics, <laughs> but this time it wasn't his fault. I mean, the only thing that that really was his fault was his defensive adjustment on Tatum as he's hot. You know, at um, halftime. <laughs> what defensive adjustment? Exactly. At halftime or shit, even mid-third quarter, some his coaching staff and him have to say something. And it, it looked like they said nothing, nothing changed. I get when a guy's hot, he's hot. But to at least see doubles, to at least see him, you know, fighting through that and still being hot would have been different. But he wasn't. He was just doing the same exact shit he was doing the whole game. So that was the adjustment that that was terrible for him. But I blame Elton Brand, and I blame the superstars. Elton Brand put, a, put together yep. a terrible roster. And y'all have heard me say this on the podcast millions and millions of times. I never liked their bench. I've never liked the guys that they had around these uh, around Embiid and James Harden. I didn't, I'm, not, I'm not like everybody else who has a super problem with Tobias Harris. Um, obviously, he, he doesn't equal up to his money but like I said almost everybody in the NBA doesn't so I don't condemn him as much as other people but I, I condemn the bench that bench is atrocious it's not one guy on that bench where I was like oh yeah that's that's a great piece like you traded a first round pick pretty much for DeAnthony Melton who pretty much at best is going to give you eight or nine off the bench he might have one hot game where he gives you that 15 or 20 but when is he going to have that time? We have James Harden. Uh, well, he wasn't really shot checking, but you got James Harden, ball usage. You got Embiid, who needs the ball too. And then you got Maxi, who needs the ball and who needs to create for himself. So it's like Melton didn't really make sense. It was a cool pick. I mean, it was a cool trade, but it didn't make sense in, in the overall scheme of things. So I think with Doc Rivers being fired, Elton Brand should have been fired. And I think, with Monty being fired, James Jones should have been fired. I didn't like that Suns team either. 
And I said they weren't scary. There's no way you have Josh Okogi or Tory Craig in the lineup and I'm supposed to be scared of you. Like, there's hey, no don't, way. Hey, don't forget my favorite, campaign. <laughs> like, there's no way, bro. And I, I mean, I get it. The big trades look nice. Oh, he got Kevin Durant. Oh, he was able to get Mikel Bridges, blah, blah, blah. Nah, man, that, that team has always looked nasty. They were a team that gave Chris Paul all that money that I don't think the rest of the league was going to do. So he has to go, too. He's built a terrible roster Shit, since the championship year. Like, that that year, obviously, a lot of teams went through injuries and shit, so they were able to, you know, sneak by. But that team wasn't – that wasn't a deep team either. So – I think both both coaches and GMs from the from Philly and Phoenix should be out of there, and it should just be a whole new regime. Um, I'm I'm to the point where I've been seeing you know I've been seeing a lot and really thinking about it. Philly has to make a big move, and yeah. when I say big move, I mean they have to make a major move that, and I'm I'm it sucks to say this, but they have to make Embiid happy before he leaves. But yep. I'm I'm 50-50. I think right now is his best value ever. So if they were to move on from him and Maxi just gets the keys, I'm not mad at it. I won't call them stupid. I won't say they're crazy. None of that. Because his value will never be where it's at at this very moment. And you can get a lot for him. You've seen what um, Rudy Gobert went for. Maybe that reset the market and guys <laughs> are Guys aren't going to do that, but it's Embiid. Who's to say they won't do it for Embiid, man? So, listen, I'm 50-50, man. It, I think – I've been telling everybody, I think this summer is going to be the wildest chess piece moves that we've seen in at least 10 years just because you have Cat, who we don't know what's going on. We have Damian Lillard, who we don't know what's going on if they trade the first – I mean, if they trade – um they get a high pick and just trade him and rebuild for real. We really don't know what's going on. Obviously this lottery is very important for a lot of teams. Um, but there's so many moving pieces. You have Aiden who's unhappy. Um, James Harden is, is he going to leave? There's so many stars slash superstars slash rising stars on damn near every team that could be moved. Clint Capella's with, with John Collins, like, I can keep going and naming more and more guys. We still haven't even said Kyrie Irving. I mean, who is that? Uh, I, I don't know what that is. Whatever. <laughs> hey, listen. So, the crazy part, somebody's still going to give him a bag. We've seen all these players get bags and True. and some wild shit happen. But you bring up a point, and I, and I co-sign this. This offseason for this summer is going to be huge for a lot of teams, whether if you're in the lottery Rather, if you're in the playoffs, somebody there's going to be a few franchise changing pieces, and I I think Damian Lillard is going to get moved to the East. I will say that beforehand. Where I got a wild I, question for you. Yeah, go for it. Would you trade the first overall, first or second overall pick for Embiid? Nope. And the reason why is Ooh. we. I've already seen how many times Embiid has, has gotten hurt. So I'm not willing to risk that for that 7-2 French kid over there. Now, if I got the number one pick, absolutely not. Number two pick, 
we can kind of have a conversation about that. But the number one pick is off the board. I'm not trading my number one so, pick for Embiid. So if you're Portland and you get the number one pick, you wouldn't pair up Embiid and, and Lillard? Nope. And the reason why, mm. if I'm Portland, and the reason why, look, think of Portland's history with big men. That's fair. Okay, what about Dallas? If I'm Dallas, would I trade for Embiid? If you get the, if number, I get one the pick, number one pick? Yeah. I think in, it's interesting that you bring up that. In that situation, in order to keep Luka happy and win now mode and championship mode, you got. I think you make that move. You make that move and you try to get That's all the pieces point. you can get out of Philly. Now, that, that one's more of a, a, an intriguing situation right there because, like I say, in Dallas, you're more in win now mode. In Portland, you still got to figure out who you're going to put around and bead and, and, and Damian Lewis. And like I said, I just don't trust big men in Portland. And Dallas, on the other hand, you pair and be with the Luka and someone who's going to give that back help rim protection that you got with the shooters that's already spread out around Luka. All you need is just a three and D guy, one solid three and D guy that you can be able to find in three and free agency. And then all you can say is, oh, shit, here we go again. The reason I was asking that is because just for those two teams specifically, I think. Dallas and Portland are the teams that I could see trading their top four pick this summer just to make their two superstars happy or try to at least speed up the process of not being where they needed to be. And that's why I'm asking. And B was obviously he's the, he's the big fish. Now, if Dallas obviously got like the first or the third pick, and Portland fell out of the top five, would you go trade? It's, it's the same scenario. And that's why I was asking that to see, really to expand people's thoughts. Like, can y'all see them trading a top four pick to keep their superstar happy? Or do they, not for Luke, obviously, but does Portland move on from Damian, Damian Lillard since they have a top three pick? Do they go get Brandon Miller or Scoot and say, this is our new guy? So that's why I'm saying this summer is so interesting and so it, it's so much riding on it and people don't realize, but tonight starts all of that. No, for sure, man. And and I think I, I definitely like you you already kind of touched on it. Like if if Portland doesn't get that number one or top three pick, I, I can definitely see them moving on from Damian Lillard. And then also too, just because it's coincidental that you you touched on both of these teams in Philly and Dallas. Just really quick, going back to the regular season, it's funny how Dallas, they got fined the, the 750K because they openly admitted they didn't want to go to the play-in. And they were just trying to sit players to improve their, their pick chances. But ultimately, Portland did the same thing, where they sat out Damian Lillard, where he wasn't really injured, but they said, oh, he's having ankle problems or whatever. So they sat him out so they can improve their pick, but no fine happened to them. I say, man, and when shit like that happens, just take away the team's pick. Just do what they do in football. Forfeit the fucking pick. Because yeah. that's what are you doing? You're 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 ruining the game by doing that. First of all, you're not giving a lot of these true players who have worked to this moment. They're only out there for garbage minutes. What type of product are you putting out there for the fans to see? And then ultimately you're giving games away for other teams to win, which is improving either their playoff seating. Or, or hurting their playoff chances ultimately to hurt yours off off BS. So 
I don't think the finding is an answer, but because teams are still going to do it because teams are going to recoup and make that money back. Like, let's say if Denver, if Dallas, I'm sorry, does get the number one pick of Victor Wimbanyama, that's $750,000 don't mean shit. So take away a team's pick if you truly want to force this to stop happening. Yeah. I mean, shit, it's, it's so hard because, like you said, they got away with it, but it's a lot of teams doing it, but they kind of disguise it a little better. Like, shit, the Pacers, to me, they – They've been doing it for years, for at least two, three years, and they kind of just get away with it because nobody cares about them. And obviously, the the most obvious team is the Spurs. It's just everybody respects uh, Popovich, so they don't really say nothing. But they've been doing it the last three years, and it's it's nasty over there. But this is this is the 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 trash part about the NBA, and this is what I'm saying. I I think the new CBA kind of changes a lot because you pretty much can't have three superstars on one team, but does I don't know if that means the teams that like to not be competitive will be competitive. They have to still step up. People have to do their job at the end of the day. I think they, they get comfortable being like, okay, we're trash, so let's just be trash. Like, they don't make the yeah. necessary moves. Like, that's why we, we shit on Sam Presti a little bit and kind of joke around, but he still makes the necessary moves while being trash. He's still super active. Uh, and, in every trade, you know, scenario, in every in every um, trade deadline, in every free agency, every draft, he's still active. And that's what I do respect about him. He's actually doing his job. His face is out there. His, you know, the rumors are out there about him, you know, possibly trying to trade a pick or something. He's always active, and I respect that instead of just sitting on your ass. Like, I bet you 85% of NBA fans can't tell you who the Pacers GM is or even tell you who the Spurs – only OG fans can tell you who the Spurs GM is. You get what I'm saying? Like, those guys right. aren't active enough or they they don't talk enough for everyone to be like, okay, you know, he's doing his job or he's trying. Let's say that. Yeah, no, you definitely got – bring up a, a valid point there, man, because Sam Presti, like you said, as much as we want to get him for hoarding picks, he is doing it for a reason, and he's – he is dealing them out, bringing them back in, and we've seen the jump that OKC made without Chet Holmgren. So it'll be interesting to see just, like, how, how they take their steps moving forward also. So that's – it's these these next couple of weeks is going to be interesting, man. Like you said, it starts tonight as far as next – as far as moves for next season goes, it starts tonight. And – it's it's going to be interesting, man. It's going to be interesting to see who gets that number one pick, who doesn't get the – who falls out of the top five or ten. I hope something drastic really happens to where, like, Orlando ends up with the number one pick or something like that. I don't know. I just – I don't want to – as long as Dallas don't end up with the number one pick, Portland don't end up with the number one pick, San Antonio doesn't end up with the number one pick, I am totally fine with it. Or Houston. Houston don't deserve the number one pick either the way they treated Steven Silas. I hope they don't get the number one pick either. What about Charlotte? No, I hope Charlotte doesn't get the number one pick either, only because that's just a daycare center over there. And so they put adults over there that actually want to coach and 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 supervise these dumbass kids over there, then then no. I Charlotte doesn't deserve a number one pick. Sorry, Mike. So you're, pr- then, you're pretty much rooted for the Pacers to get the number one pick then. Orlando. Oh, I want Orlando. I want Orlando oh, to get Orlando. the number one pick. Orlando, Orlando okay, so or Detroit. Or... I want Orlando or Detroit to get the number one pick. 
Mm. Okay, so how would Detroit, man? That a if Detroit get the number one pick, they obviously got to ship out all their bigs. Like Bagley's gone. I'm sure Isaiah Stewart's gone. First train out. Killian Hayes, thank God, is out of there. They they'll get the retool in that roster right away. But if Detroit gets him, it gets that number one pick. And if K can come back healthy with Jaden Ivey, I love to see that shit. Yeah, I mean, for number one pick. So you touched on that. Just scenario wise. I think the best fit, like I said, Detroit. Orlando's cool. It's just they're just such like a, a medium team. I don't I don't think they deserve a number one pick, but they don't deserve like a shit pick. I don't want the Pacers to get it. Um no. I, for drama, I mean Dallas don't deserve it for how they what they did at the end of the season, neither does Portland, but for drama, I, I would love to see one of them get the number one pick. Just to shake shit. Like that's what hey. shakes it up. And I'm, I'm if so Mark Cuban, if Mark Cuban ends up with the number one pick, you know how mad the league will be. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's the trash part because he's such a complainer, and he's, I mean he, it, I mean he plays both sides of the fence, but he he's a great complainer, but he also does advocate for some shit we really need in this league. But for him to get the number one pick, just, like I said, just for the drama factor, yeah. I would love to see. Do you keep it? I'm, I think you have to keep it for Dallas, but it's weird because if the opp- opportunity presents itself and you can have a super, super star, then what do you, like, what do you really do? Because this, this is, the crazy part is, in five years from now, that'll be talked about, like, damn, they really traded the number one pick. But shit, we've seen them trade, you know, the Trey Young and Luke thing. So it it's going to be interesting, man. It's, it's definitely, it's definitely something I, like I said, for the drama, because that storyline is still going on. They're they're basically they're going to be compared for the rest of their careers, and obviously Luca has a way upper hand now. But it, for a minute, everybody's like, "Well, Trey Young's better. Trey Young's better." But that creates good drama. You get what I'm saying? So I don't know, man. I I can't lock in who specifically I would want, but for the shit teams that deserve it, Detroit is the most deserving. But like you said, that that roster retool is gonna be crazy. But I didn't like how they retooled last year when they had a top top five pick. So I can't really like respect it, but I don't have to pretty much at this moment. No, I feel that. And, and the reason the reason I think they literally retooled their roster going into this year, they were trying to put themselves in position to where they are today, right now. Yeah. They knew that they weren't gonna make anything happen or shake shit up with 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 who they actually had in with with the pieces they had and then we kind of we we kind of saw that also as well that it was just development and then once Cade got hurt they definitely just kicked the tires on the season so it's yeah. like we said man it's, it's just gonna be interesting to see and then it's the the draft lottery is right before game one so just continue to stay locked in on that but as we transition a dumbass kid and now <laughs> we get to the to the next story at hand I I don't I really don't get why and I'm and I'm mad that we just got to talk about this but it's only because it's 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 happening again. Mm-hmm. John Morant, man, just I don't get it. Like you, you love playing with guns. You ain't going out. You I I I I just really do not get it. You 
first of all, let's let's just start from from all all this shit happening. The the, the NBA's been keeping tabs on you. You've been in all this trouble to where you were quote unquote suspended. Let's just say you were only suspended for about two games. That eight game suspension shit, no. You weren't really we and we talked about it, you weren't really suspended for eight games. So that's one thing. Then you lose out on money by not making the all NBA team. So you miss your chance on bringing in of signing an all max a super duper max contract and having generational wealth that can set up your family for years just to come back and do the same exact shit that you just did that you told everybody in america that you're gonna change change man you 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 were gonna stay off the the social medias and whatnot now me <laughs> i knew that he wasn't because he's he's 23 years old he his and yes, I get it by the, the letter of the law. He's an adult. I get that. If he goes to jail, he's an adult. But in this generation, he is a kid in my eyes still. And I'm not, and no, I, I'm not way, I'm barely a little bit older than John, but I'm older than him. And I, 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 I know better and know common sense. A lot of these, a lot of these dudes nowadays and kids, they don't have common sense. And I don't know if it's because of, of the, the stature or of where he is, as far as he probably thinks he, he's Teflon Don and he's untouchable. But that shit he just pulled, man, of you playing it and waving your gun and, and on RG Live again, man, I, I, I can't make no excuse for you. Like, if, if the NBA literally say you're suspended for – the entirety of the of next season, including the playoffs and postseason, if your team makes it that far, gotta say, oh well, that's tough shit. I don't feel bad. I can't make an argument for it because you made that choice again to 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 display and show everybody, hey, I got a gun. And people could say, well, why is this homie putting him on on live with a gun? Why is John Morant chilling in a car with a gun? Period. That's what I want to know. You again, you're in the suburbs, you're not from the trenches. Why do you want to involve yourself in that after getting out of that situation? Uh it, I don't I can't wrap my head around that. And the crazy part, all this to me, with Josh signing the his Nike contract and and everything, and, and me being a part of the the, the 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 club basketball team I coach all these kids literally just got the job and rents as the the official Nike YBL shoot literally just gave out the job and rents to to majority to all majority of the teams who play in the in the uh the Nike league so so now now what do you do when when you're a brand like that you can't take the shoes back <laughs> like right now everybody as far as the Grizzlies go as far as the 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 league itself power a nike now they have to protect their brand so again if they decide to cut you loose and cut you off guess what that's just more m's you missing out on so i i don't of course we, we don't want to see anything bad happen to them but i don't know what the results or what the what the ultimate decisions or or ultimate is going to have to be in order for him to get his shit together because at this point, it ain't funny. Like, it, it just isn't. Yeah, I mean, I think he's an alcoholic, bro. Like, no funny shit. No, definitely. You could, you can kind of tell, like, 
he's not stupid. And I know a lot of people think he's stupid or he's lost in his ways. No, I just think once that, I mean, everybody's been at that moment where the alcohol flows, some dumb shit you might do. Obviously not waving guns, but a lot of people have dumb shit they do when they get drunk. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to say. You got to put, not put yourself in his body because we don't have 200 million or whatever amount of money, but we have to put ourselves in a situation of being drunk. Dumb shit happens. And that's really all it kind of boils down to for me. I know everybody's getting deeper with it, but I think it's kind of simple. He, he, he's an alcoholic and it sucks to say he's very young. So the word alcoholic sounds a little crazy, but that's just kind of what it is. And I don't know, man, obviously I don't, cause I knew going into, like you said, I knew something else would happen, but I never thought that rehab shit was real. I never thought that he was going to be super changed because it wasn't it wasn't a real consequence and it wasn't like i don't, i won't even say life threatening but it wasn't a threatening consequence obviously this one is probably going to be i see some executives want it as a full season obviously that's some hate and shit because you know they John Moran is John Moran at the end of the day he's very good he's very good he made a big splash early so no there's a lot of teams that are scared of him there's a lot of teams that were scared of Memphis, even though there were some teams like, all right, in the playoffs, they ain't going to do nothing. But he he was a big part of not even – he was he was the next superstar. And it's, it's crazy because it sounds like he's gone, and I said was. But at this moment, he's kind of like going to be, you know, picked out of that. He, he's the, he's the, the bad child right now. So – I don't know what to do to fix it. I think the minimum, he'll probably at minimum get suspended 30 games for the start of the season. But I, I'm i not a, you know, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a doctor. So I can't really say what will fix him. A lot of people have their own um, thoughts that I don't truly agree with because you can't really say, you know, I want to see, I want to see what actually happens and how he actually recovers before I make any more judgment, my only thought, like I said, is I think he's an alcoholic. And, you know, to fix that, maybe, because I, I, I mean, he's young, but maybe just alcohol is just not, not the thing for him anymore. At a young age, maybe we've already realized that's just not his shit. He can't do that no more. Um, It sucks, but that's the position he put himself in. I'm not going to baby him. I'm not going to act like, it's all the alcohol's fault. No, it's your fault for consuming and getting too drunk. Because that's that's another problem, just period. Like, some people don't know how to control their liquor. And he seems like one of those guys. And that's what I'm going to say on that. I think that um, I don't want the league to hang him. I'll tell you that. I'm not a Grizzly fan or nothing, but I don't want the league to hang him because I feel like they've been waiting on this this type of moment to to do that. And I'm not... It ain't a race thing. It's it's nothing like that. It's just in general, I don't believe he should be hung, but I don't believe he should be let off scot free. Make a good good example of him, but don't it don't need to be full season. Thirty to fifty games is super understandable. I wouldn't even you know bad nod to that. It makes all the sense in the world. But to su- suspend him a year 
a full season or a year and a half, some bullshit like that, that'll be excessive. That'll feel like torture. And like you said, at the end of the day, he and I, you know, we we both work with kids, but he he's that next guy. He was that next curve right now. There's a lot of kids that love the way he plays, that love his dreads, that love, you know, his his attitude on the court. There's a lot of kids yeah. that are starting to mimic that. So I don't think taking him away from the game for too long would make sense. But shit, maybe put him in a lot of NBA cares commercials and make him do a lot of community service as well during them 50 games suspension. Something like that. I don't know. Cause maybe he needs to touch the youth a little more and see his influence. Um, I, I know in that interview with Jalen Rose, he said he understands it, but maybe he truly yeah. does. And yeah. again, I'm gonna blame the league. Y'all need y'all need to have some type, not even a policy, because of, then it's like a pity party. But everybody has to wake up. This was a wake up. Uh, I know everybody thinks it's just for John Morant, but this is a wake up uh, moment for the whole NBA. Wake up and realize that these vets matter, man. Thank Whether you. Whether you're playing them or not, wake up and see that these matter. I, I get on Tristan Thompson a lot. Because he's not to me, he's not even he's not a vet vet. He's thirty years old, but <laughs> you know the Danny Greens, um, Carmelo, who who went through a lot. Carmelo would be perfect for a lot of guys. Dwight Howard has gone through so much controversy. These guys shouldn't be out this league, man. They Isaiah Thomas's of the world, definitely. Man, they shouldn't be out this league. Demarcus Cousins, he hasn't done anything wrong in two years, and the narrative still on him is I don't know if I can trust him. Honestly, hasn't shit. honestly, he hasn't really done anything wrong. <laughs> yeah, but that's I'm shit, just on court, whatever. He ain't really done nothing wrong, man. So that's matter. Um, crazy part is the clip is viral again. T Max said this shit months and months and months ago, and now look what happened. If a guy that's not part of the organization is just you know, just a basketball player that could you know, look at a situation and know what's going on, the team should, who's internal should know what's going on and should have been did something about it. But this is the problem when you put, you're trying to, and I get it, it's marketing, but you're trying to push all the old guys out, bring in all the young talent so we can see dunks and three-point shots all day. That's not all the game of basketball is about. And the more they do this, the more liability they're going to put on the players and put on their league, the product. So if you want to keep the product great and you want to keep the game evolving, you have to have someone that teaches the game, not just the coaches, but the on-court players, the Chris Pauls, who y'all hear me shit on a lot, but he's still an on-court coach and he's still a good role model. He's never been in real trouble. LeBron James, D-Wade before he retired, guys like that who could be that on-court coach. We, we get on Haslam, but clearly he's a voice in that locker room. And we need more of that. We don't need, you know, 40-year-old Haslam, but I'm saying in general, if there's a guy that's 34, 33, 35, there's no reason he shouldn't be riding out until it until he's ready to go. Now kind he's like a George Hill. Like a George Hill. Yeah, exactly. Now, if he's completely useless, okay, that's understandable. But the guys we named have showed they're not. We've seen Carmelo get 20 points. We've seen Dwight have good spurts of minutes. You, you get what I'm saying? So there's no there's no reason for the league, the GMs, the, I don't know, maybe the owners who are saying no, there's no reason to say no to Vets no more. This was a perfect example 
for the whole league. And other teams better wake up before this happens over there with the Rockets or the Hornets, who kind of have already had their problems, but not I'm not gonna say not as serious because the you know, certain shit they did was serious too. But it's gonna be another serious moment until we get the right people in the right places all over the league. Yeah, man. I think the only reason why it wasn't bigger broadcast and Charlotte, let's say like the Miles Bridges situation, because he's not at a John Moran status. But if he was, oh man, they would have threw the book at his ass for sure. But but yeah, man, let's besides that, man, let's let's just get back to the basketball court on court things, man. When it comes to job, we hope that again, we hope to see Ja on the court again as soon as possible we know like we said he's going to get suspended hopefully he gets the right help that 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 he needs whatever it is because like you said we don't know what it that that process is going to be as far as finding the solution of what he's what he's going through but he really is too influential on these on these kids that we see on a day-to-day basis and and to the game of basketball to to the point where I think the the league and Adam Silver will realize that and hopefully they don't suspend him for a full season. But definitely, like we said, like maybe at most of 50, 50 games without pay. And like you said, we stick him in all these NBA commercials and and then we and then we go from there. Hopefully he does he does make the, the necessary changes that are possible. But but as we move on before we get on out of here, I just we you brought Dwight Howard name. I just want to bring this shit up. It was so hilarious to see Dwight Howard call out all those NBA players, <laughs> telling them to come to Taiwan. And you yep. know what, Dwight Howard, I'm here for. Pop your shit, Dwight. I mean, look at Puerto to... Rico. Puerto Rico has man, a lot of guys hey. over there, and they, they hooping. I'm just saying, man, when he told Clay Thompson, he said, you can slide too, my boy. <laughs> James Harden. Coming to Taiwan. <laughs> yeah, he he was wilding with a couple names, but just right? just the mess the message made sense, man. So a lot of guys gotta go go get their mind right, man. Go nah, get their yeah, mind right. <laughs> I, I I see where he was coming from. Yeah, he was reaching a bit, but but hey man, I do I pop your shit, man, because you definitely someone who who should be in the league and would definitely make make a, a huge difference on, on some of these teams, especially that's in the playoffs. But but yeah, man. But before we get on out of here, like we said, man, we got. Oh, hold on. Let me let me let me ask you one thing before we get out of here because this has been on my mind and I've been looking at it and I'm kind of disgusted. How do you feel about the WNBA having you know basically their rookies waived? There's eight now. There's eight. There's eight players that have been waived that got drafted in the top twenty three picks. How do you feel about that, man? I got two words for you. Fucking trash. It's absolutely terrible. The The WNBA needs to find an expansion for another team. There's a lot of talent that are sitting around the WNBA, and a lot of these women have to go find themselves a plan overseas where, yeah, the money may be better, but they're still not being treated the same as they, they were on, on their own country soil. So WNBA can definitely, and especially with the, the branding and the, the notoriety that the that the WNBA is starting to get, there's no reason why they can't put together another WNBA team to where they can have an expansion team that's going to be competitive at that and will compete 
and and shake things up. So maybe they got to create two to to create the balance of the league or whatever. But again, that that should never happen to where that put it this way, that never happened in the NBA where a first round NBA a first round pick will be signed and then automatically waived. No, we because we've seen a lot of bums be first round picks and still at least serve out their first contract before the league kicks them out. So that's that's just wrong on on the WNBA's part, and they got to fix that. Yeah, I mean it's especially because you know the college scene is such a big thing right now. So to see these girls go from pretty much being superstars in college and having a lot of notoriety and then coming into the WNBA and kind of being shitted on and waved, it's disgusting for the league because right now you have the most hype that you've had around women's basketball in years, in years, since at least Candace Parker. You have that much hype around it. You have to figure out some type of way. And it's on it's on all of us too. Fans, um, supporters, people in power. We have to figure out a way to get them their just due because like I said, it's the most hype ever. This is this is a lot of talent, bro. When a girl like Angel Reese is saying, I'm not in no rush to get to the league because she's making more than the league, that's disgusting to say. That's disgusting yeah, to be able to say out loud. Like, could you imagine a, a kid? Uh, I'm trying to think. Not obviously not Bronny James because LeBron's his dad. But can you imagine uh, uh, another kid just saying, "Shit, School Henderson"? Can you imagine him saying, "Yeah, I'm just chilling the G League, man. I I don't I don't really need to go to the NBA. I make more money than you know some guys on that bench." It, that's disgusting, man. The whole point is to live out their dream and get to the big leagues, not to stay in college for five six years. Because NILs is paying way more than y'all are. Y'all got to step it up, man. And the sponsors, I don't understand why NILs are all in college, but they can't go to the, the pros. Like, help them out in the pros, man. Maybe we got to negotiate some type of contract, something. I don't know. I like to see the the ladies hoop, man. And it's nasty to see because it's, it's, it's not encouraging for youth or high schoolers. It's not encouraging at all. To be like, ah, uh, I've played my whole life. Now, once I'm 20 plus, I either have to go overseas or get a regular job because the WNBA doesn't pay enough or they don't even have enough spots. It's only 144 spots. And how many girls? It's more girls in the world damn near than boys. And only 144 sp- spots? Get out of here, man. And the sport, man, it's only growing. Girls basketball is only getting bigger and bigger and it's only getting better, man. So. Yeah, the WNBA is definitely gonna have to figure something out as far as how they can, how how they can definitely get the the best for their players. Because there's honestly at this point there's no excuses. Yeah, but yeah, I just I wanted to ask your opinion on that because you know you coach women's basketball, so I wanted to know how how it looks from your point of view before we got out of here. No, nah, man, I definitely appreciate that, man. And, and and thank you for definitely shedding the light on that too, man. For 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 real. But but like we said, man, before before we get on out of here, like we always say, man, we like to continue to to push the youth, teach the youth and push them in the right direction, man. Continue to support, protect our black women. And and like we said, man, let's 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 get to it. Hopefully everybody stays healthy, man. We want to see good hoops. Like we said, man, we got the Lakers in six, Celtics in seven. All right. 
And and let's let's bring it on home, man. Let's close it out. We got four more four more to go, man. Luke, for anything you want to say to the to the Laker Nation to our people out there? Yeah, man. Like you said, it's four more, so stay patient. Um, we can't sweep everybody. We can't win every single game. These are professionals at the end of the day. So let's let's hope for good basketball and let's hope for you know let's hope for a championship run. Let's get to the championship and then we can start you know preparing for the parade that we should have got when we won in the bubble. Um, appreciate everybody's support. Like you said, Lakers in six. Lakers all the way. Let's get it. AD win that finals MVP. Y'all better y'all better hide me. Cause it's gonna get nasty. I'm gonna tell you that now. But salute to y'all, man. For real, for real. Yes, we out of here. Out. Peace. Click the subscribe button and make sure to follow us on our Instagram page at Ball Never Lie Pod and our Twitter page, BNL underscore podcast.